Hello, thank you for joining us today. We invite you to connect with us on all our social media outlets. Now, let's go to the message. If you don't like where you're at today, today is reflective of what you said yesterday or yesteryear. And what you allow to come out of your mouth like that rudder, like that bridle, is going to turn the direction of your life. Last session, we talked that the word of God in our mouth, it creates and it transforms. The word tame, defined, means brought into service, means brought under control, to harness as a source of power. Your mouth is a powerful thing. It is a powerful thing of creation or a powerful weapon of destruction. You and I choose. In the Greek, that word tame, exi marino, means this, to discipline. Discipline is hard, y'all. We are 95, 100 days away from millions of people making promises called New Year's resolutions that will be broken in 10 days. Some of us should not even start eating right. I say us. Some of us should not even start eating right on January 1st because January 11th, we're going to be right back at Freddy's Hamburgers, right back at the Golden Corral, right back at Papa Do's, or stumbling through the kitchen with a Pop-Tart in either hand and a Big Red. Discipline is tough. But when you discipline, when I discipline my mouth, I am literally creating my future. Not only creating my future, but creating and stepping into the future that God has created for us. So it discipline, it overpowers, tame means to overpower, to subdue. What you say is a seed that produces fruit that you are going to have to eat. If you don't like what you're seeing, say something different. If you don't like what you're eating, say something different. Your mouth is a powerful weapon and is the gateway to your next Last week we talked about Genesis chapter one, verse one. The very first thing the Bible teaches us about God is the creative power of his word. But I love the word of God because God's word is so powerful. Listen to this church. God's word is so powerful, it doesn't matter what mouth it comes out of. It can come out of his and create the world's, or it can come out of yours and create your world. The world is groaning and is waiting for the word of God. And when the word of God is expressed or unleashed, it creates whatever we call it to create. Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created heavens and earth. The earth was without form, number one. It was void, number two. It was dark. The three places that the word worked at the very beginning of time was the formless places, the places that were in disorder or chaotic. It brought structure to the world. Your word or God's word coming out of our mouth should bring structure to our lives, structure to the things that we are involved in. The second place it said, and the earth was void. So when God's word was spoken, he spoke to the empty place and fullness was brought. I don't know what you need, but I know that God not only wants to supply your need, but he wants to run your cup over. And when you speak to the empty place, you should expect that place to be full. I'm talking to somebody already today. Quit speaking to the full places and start speaking to the empty places. The empty places are the best place for God to show himself strong in our lives. And the third place after the, the formless and after the empty said he spoke to the darkness. And when he spoke to the darkness, the first thing he said was, let there be light. 
Let me remind you, because it's been a long time from VBS and Sunday school for a lot of us, God said, let there be light before there was a sun and a moon. God said, let there light before there was stars. God said, let there light, and light just showed up. Can I encourage you? You don't have to have a solar system to have light. You don't have to have what the world says you have to have to have what God says you can have. When God's word comes forth, it creates fullness, it creates, it creates order, and it creates something out of nothing. It brings light into darkness. Jesus makes very powerful statements. Last session, we left off with six statements the Word of God makes about the Word. But let's see what Jesus now says about the power of your Word and controlling your tongue. Matthew 15, verse 11 says, It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of your mouth. That's what defiles a person. When you go down to verse 17, the disciples, I believe it's Peter, asked, can you explain what you were saying to the Pharisees in verse 11? And in one translation, Jesus actually says, you still don't get it? You still don't see what I'm saying? Verse 17 says this, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? Verse 18, but the thing that comes out of a person's mouth, where does it come from? Their heart. And these are the things that defile them. Check this out, Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked, who can know it? When you hear somebody say, you just need to follow your heart, run. Get away from them. Well-meaning, but misguided. Do not follow your heart until Jesus is the Lord of your heart. Because your heart is deceitfully wicked. Your heart is going to send signals to your brain and your mouth to say this. And before you know it, you have destroyed what God is building in your life. You cannot trust your heart until you accepted Christ into your heart. And he is now the Lord of your heart. And he sits on your heart. And now out of your heart flows not what you think, not what you want, but the will of God and what God has established for your life. Somebody say amen. amen. Matthew 12, verse 34. This is Jesus talking. This flies in the face of all the woke Christians and progressive Christians. This is the Jesus that you want, they want you to think was just, just a very easygoing, nonchalant person. This is Jesus when he said, oh, generation of vipers. And he wasn't talking to the heathens. He was talking to the church folk. He was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. How many of you know sometimes we got people in the church that are more messed up than the people in the world because they should know better, but they don't know better. But we are not those people here at Living Way, praise God. And if you are, you are in the right place because we don't want to fix your mouth. We want to fix your heart. And when we fix your heart, God will take care of your mouth. Oh, generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? Talking to the church folk, how can you, being evil, hold on a second, I keep Sabbath, Pharisees. I go to church, God still calls them evil. 
I give, God still calls them evil. I serve, God still calls them evil. You know why God calls them evil? Not because they go to church or don't go to church. It's because of what is coming out of their mouth all the time. Because you get people in certain positions that when they get to a position, they want to keep everybody down so they can stay elevated. But at the end of the day, a leadership, a true leader, it's not taking a step up. A leader is really a servant. And if we could understand that leadership means servanthood, that I'm not stepping on a platform only, but sometimes I'm going to get down on a knee and wash somebody's feet. Sometimes I'm going to serve somebody. I'm going to serve somebody that's talked about me. I'm going to serve somebody that doesn't like me and I don't like them. He said, I need to know what's coming out of your mouth because he said, I see you at church on Sunday, but your mouth betrays you on Monday. I see what you give in the offering bucket, and that's cool, but I see also how you talk to your wife and kids on Tuesday. I see you worship on Wednesday, but I see how you talk to, talk to your boss on Thursday or about your boss on Thursday. He said, oh, generation, oh, vipers, you're a generation that is evil. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I don't know if it was here or somewhere else I was preaching recently or, or maybe on, on social media, but I encourage you, if you really want to get, get to know a person, get them talking and keep them talking because eventually the real person will come out. Eventually, they're not going to be able to fake it that long. And you're going to hear them slip up. You're going to hear gossip. You're going to hear slander. You're going to hear destruction. You're going to hear evil. So get them talking. And so when the word of God says this, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If I'm saying the wrong things, it means I have something in my heart that is wrong, which means the only way I can fix my heart is to accept Christ into my heart, not a Sunday expression, in everyday expression. I read it again today. Sometimes the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you speak in tongues. Sometimes it means you shut your mouth. Why? Because I'm learning to control this so I can control this. And realizing if I don't have it here, church, and, and realize that tonight I'm saying a lot of I and me, not you and they. I'm fixing this so that this is right, so that this will line up with what God's word says in Jesus' name. Romans 10.10. Here we, we're, we're just going right down, right down in the word of God. Romans 10 and 10. For it is with your heart that you believe. It's with your, your heart that you believe and are justified to be declared righteous. And it is with your mouth that you profess faith that are saved. That means that the profession of your mouth and the believing in your heart, working together, church, produces Heavenly salvation, eternal salvation for anyone that believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth. And I said it at the onset of this series, and I'm going to say it again for those that, like me, you're a little hard of hearing or a little thick skulled. That listen, when you understand that your heart and your mouth, when they believe and confess about Jesus, what the Word of God says, if it will bring you eternal salvation, imagine what you can do with your heart and your mouth on the same page with Jesus. At 
at your job on Monday, with your family on Tuesday, when all hell is breaking loose on Wednesday, when you go back to the family reunion on Thursday, when it's a high school reunion on Friday, when you can get your heart believing and your mouth confessing the word of God and all of that is aligned with Jesus, I'm here to tell you, get to speaking the word of God because a heart and a mouth aligned with Jesus can accomplish and create anything, anything. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. Let's go to verse 18 of Matthew 15. He just said, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these are the things that defile them. Verse 19, let's go a little deeper. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts. See, that's why it's not enough for Jesus to to just be your Savior. He needs to be our Lord. Savior happens wherever you accept Jesus as your personal Lord or, or personal Savior, it affects your right this second and it affects your eternity. But tomorrow when you go back to your job and you're surrounded by people that don't know Jesus like you, don't know the word that you and I know, aren't filled with the Holy Ghost, then you have to understand that out of the heart comes evil thoughts. If you don't have Jesus as the Lord of your heart, you might be saved, but you still might be struggling with the evilness that is in your heart and surrounding you. Then he, then he just lays out some of these evil thoughts. Murder, adultery, sexual immor- immorality, theft, false testimony. You know, you know what I love about the Word of God is the Word of God will just, it'll give you a list like this. Like, hey, I'm talking to you that kill people. I'm talking about you that sleep around. I'm talking about you that steal things that aren't yours. And then at the end, it just says slander. Because I was amen in all of those. Then it gets to slander, and I'm like, hold on now. That one doesn't seem, one of these is not like the other ones. And see, a lot of us, we point fingers. Oh, I know them. They got a nasty reputation at work. Oh, I know him, and I know what he's done. Yeah, but you can point right back to the mirror because if you have ever said something slanderous, slanderous is when you are not speaking life, when you are not part of the solution, when you are not part of the answer, when you are not building life or loving someone, anything that you speak about them is slander. And God lumps it all in the list with the killers and the adulterers. Said, you speak ill of someone, it's the same as all of these things. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts. I thought we were talking about our mouth, Pastor. Yes, sir, we are. Before it is a word, it is a thought. So, church, let me ask you this question. Not right this second, but tonight or in the morning at 2 a.m. What are you thinking about? Because what you think about, you are eventually going to start talking about. Fix your thoughts, fix your words. Fix your mind, fix your mouth. What are you thinking about? Have you ever done something dumb? Raise your hand if you've ever done something dumb. I'm gonna raise both hands and a foot, praise God. And someone close to you says this, what were you thinking? Notice they never really asked you, what were you doing? They were saying, what were you thinking? Because they said, I know what you did. But what you did is a result of what you thought. David would have never slept with Bathsheba, would have never impregnated Bathsheba, would have never premeditated murder 
and killed her husband, would have never lost a baby that was stillborn if he had quit thinking about Bathsheba. But his thought turned into a word. And that word was, hey, who's that girl on the building next to us? Bring her to me. The thought turned into a word that turned into an action that created a whole world that David didn't want to live in. Can I encourage you tonight, church? Let's get our mind right. Let's guard our heart, guard our thoughts. I know we're talking about discipline in our mouth, but if I can encourage you, there's some music you just got to quit listening to because it's not, well, I'm just listening to the beat. Then get the instrumental. It's 2023, y'all. You can, get, you can get the music without the words. But the problem is, is if you listen to the music with the words, you can get the instrumental, and now you're on stage singing it all by yourself. The movies we watch, the people we hang out with, the books we read, Fifty Shades of Grey, nothing, y'all. What are you putting in front of your eyes and in your ears is going to affect your mind, what you think about. And if you think about it long enough, you're going to start talking about it. And if you talk about it, you're going to start living in that world that you have created. Isn't it amazing that we always want to talk about the good things that, oh, I declare I'm blessed. I declare I'm the head and not the tail. Why do you think your words work that way, but they don't work the other way? Why is it that you think those seeds grow great fruit, but the seeds of gossip don't grow fruit? The seeds of slander don't grow fruit. The seeds of negativity don't grow fruit. Oh, they're all seeds and they all grow fruit. You know what about those seeds? They don't even have to be watered. They're weeds. Tomorrow, I'm going to spend all of my day spraying mesquite trees. And before some of you ask for mesquite wood for your barbecue, these are little bushes about this high at this point. And I'm going to spray them so they don't become trees. My, my property right now is dirt and brown grass. It looks like I have a dirt farm. I'm not raising horses. But it's amazing to me. No rain for 90 days. 80 days of 100-degree weather. And you know what's still bright green and shining? The mesquite trees. Because the mesquite trees don't need water to grow. You, you sow that negative word, it's going to start growing. It's going to go to seed. It's going to produce fruit, and that fruit you're probably not going to want to eat. So it's what are you thinking, not what are you doing. What are you thinking? Because what you think will produce what you do. What you do is a product of what you say. Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How does it go from a thought to what I become? Because what I think about, I will become. The thoughts that he says we have, he says, you're going to have those evil thoughts. Verse 9 of murder. What's the opposite of murder? Life. It says adultery. What's the I look to the literal Webster's Dictionary and thesaurus for the opposite of adultery. You know what the opposite of adultery by world standards is? Faithfulness. Even the world knows. The opposite of stepping out of a commitment is faithfulness. So it said, some people are thinking murder, you think life. 
Some are thinking adultery, you think faithfulness. Some are thinking sexual immorality, you think sexual purity. Some are, are thinking about thieving and theft and taking, I want you to think about giving. Some are thinking about false testimony, I want you to think about true testimony, a.k.a. praise. Some are thinking about slander, I want you to think about truth. Those are our choices, church. Verse 20, these are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. He is putting the religious leaders in their place because they've been more concerned with whether men and women are washing their hands before they eat than what is coming out of their mouth. I want you to wash your hands, y'all. It's COVID world out there. Wash your hands. It killed me three years ago when we literally had commercials teaching us how to wash our hands. I learned it in kindergarten, y'all. Wash your hands. But that's not what defiles you. What comes out of here defiles you, which is what was in here that defiles you, which is what started in here that defiles you. Matthew 12, verse 36. Let's go just a little further. I got two minutes left. I tell you on the day of judgment, this is Jesus talking, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Highlight that scripture, church. That's an important one. That's one that you're not going to hear preached on Christian television a lot. That's one you're not going to hear preached by people that want to fill buildings up and fill bank accounts up. I'd rather fill a person with the word of God and with hope and with joy and with peace and with the anointing that God has placed than to fill this building. I'd rather fill people than a building. And I believe if you fill people, you'll fill the building. Mark this one down, verse 36. I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they spoke. This is scary, church. It doesn't say you're celebrated for the right words. It says you're going to be judged for every, and listen, these aren't even damning words, destructive words. It just said careless words. You're going to be judged for every careless word. Verse 37, Jesus talking, for by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. That's Jesus talking. By your words, righteousness will be given to you. Or by your words, you will be condemned to an eternity without Christ. Oh, you better start watching what you say. You better start preaching and giving life, giving hope. Jesus was not pulling punches with these verses. That word translated as defile is the Greek word kono, kono, koino, sorry. Koino means to make profane. We always talk about profanity as those four or five, four-letter words that none of us should say. And I agree we should not say them, but the Bible says that your whole life can become profane. Koino also means to make common or pollute. Church, this one hit me. We've been called holy. Leviticus 19.2 says, You shall be holy for the Lord your God. I am holy. Being common, being normal, being regular is no longer an acceptable state of being for a believer. Yet Jesus says that our words make us common. What you say out of your mouth when you don't think anyone's hearing, God hears it. 
The world hears it. Your situation hears it. He says you've profane, you've made your whole life profane. You have become common just like anybody else. I have grown up hearing people say this. I just need a word from God. You have 66 books of them. Why would he give you a new word when you haven't even read every one of those words?